You're listening to Salty Believer Unscripted. This is Salty Believer Unscripted. I'm Josiah Walker. I'm Brian Catherman. And today we're continuing in our series, walking through or tiptoeing through the landmines of systematic theology. What's it? Landmines of systematic theology. Yeah. That's the title. Okay. That's the title. And today I want to talk about two topics of theology. Uh, prayer. Okay. I'd like to talk about landmines in prayer. You bet. And also landmines in angels, demons, and Satan. So oh, boy. Both okay. those topics feel very spiritual, so I thought we could combine the two of them. Uh, all right. Where do you want to... So you just want to... Let's start with prayer. Where are the landmines? Sure. Uh, are there landmines in prayer? Yes. So as a... Pa- I think you... I think we run into these more as pastors than as individuals, because as individuals, we just sort of get some ideas. We build a theology you kind of do what prayer. you want, right? Well, a lot of times, we, we, everybody has a theology. It's just, what did you build it on? And so sure. when you don't build it on Scripture, or when you build it on the common sort of flow of what's happening in church services and what people say, you just go with that. And then you start to find it Scripture, and you go, wait a second. So I, I'd have to really work through where some of these Scriptures are in my head, and I... I, off the top of my head, I don't know where some of this stuff is, but I'm going to throw out on the table what I think some of the issues are okay. in a theology of prayer that can be controversial and go multiple ways, or in some cases maybe be wrong, just biblically wrong, but the okay. church holds to it. So I'll start with maybe um, maybe some of the safest theologies, things that we get wrong, things that are controversial. Can you tell us why prayer is important? Okay, so let's do that. So prayer is talking to God. Okay. We're commanded to pray. When you pray, pray sure. like this. Yeah. We have a Lord's, Lord's Supper. Yeah. Uh, ask God for what you need, although he already knows what you need. And good father gives good gifts. And I think a lot of times we ask, and so it can't be denied that it was God that provided it. Sure. So prayer is, is a command. Never cease yeah. praying. I, f- I feel um, like it helps us to rely on God. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Needs. It can be. So here's one of the areas where it gets controversial is, is how should it be. Right. right? Uh, short, long, whatever. And you see... You see Nehemiah pray really, you know, right yeah. before I spoke to the king when he asked me a question, and who knows, two words, here we go, God, help me, God, I don't know. You see things, this cry out to the Lord, various verses. You see a rebuke of long prayers where you're building up the words to be seen. Yeah. Jesus rebukes the Pharisees. At the same time, Jesus went up on the hill and prayed all night. So it's not the length of the prayer, it's the purpose of the prayer. Oh, okay. they're piling up words, thinking somehow that's going to do something, whereas... If you have a lot to pray about and a lot of time, fine. Right. But so, so where things get a little bit interesting is when we start to think that the way we pray or how we pray sure. dictates a, a guaranteed answer. Well, sure. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, hey, if more people pray, God oh, has you, to right? answer my prayer. Right. So everybody pray. So then when people say, well, why do you ask a bunch of people to pray? Well, one, Scripture says, you know, we're a community of believers, and so we're all sort of appealing to God and crying out to the Lord like yeah. the slaves in Egypt. But that doesn't guarantee the answer is going to be any different than if one person prayed. Right. However, I think asking others to pray and being involved helps. Just when we get the mindset sure. of this is going to force God right. to answer. Force his hand. I heard yeah. a pastor once sharing that, like, you know, if a kid asks you for a cookie a bunch of times, you might finally give your break down and give your kid a cookie. So we just need to give God no rest and just pray our faces off. To break him. him down. Right. <laughs> but the interesting thing is he, he Jesus gives the parable of the of the uh, widow neighbor who who wears the judge down. But yeah. I don't think the point is to wear God down. Sure. I think the point is this don't go anywhere else. No, go Don't go right. to your own strength, to your own efforts. Like, pray, commune with God, be close to God, 
Right. Well, so, well, and how important is it to you, anyways? If I'm going to, if I keep praying about it, obviously it does matter to me. If right. I forgot about it tomorrow, I'm not going to know when God gives me something because right. I've lost interest and, already. And okay, so that's another part of the theology of prayer that can be difficult. Prayer is not always just asking for the ATM God to give you stuff. <laughs> for sure. Right. It's praise. Yeah. It's giving thanksgiving. It's confession. Right. You should be praying back scripture to the Lord. That's what the Psalms are. Um, so it's a communion with God, absolutely, and we see Jesus doing that. But Jesus was asking for things, right? Lord, if it be Your will, let this well, cup pass from me, right? Yeah. If it be Your will, and give us this day our daily bread, and yeah. the, so it's it's all these things, and our theology, the landmines right. happen when we make it one of these right. things, or we kind of pigeonhole things, it, or we add to it. Let right. me ask you a question. Um, well, uh, well, I asked the questions right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, ask a question, no, then. I, I was just going to ask, you know, we talk about, you, you mentioned praying prayers of thanksgivings, uh, prayers of repentance for your sins and stuff. But a lot of times we do pray for our needs and, and yeah. our wants and desires. Because we're selfish humans. And I feel like people are always asking me, what's the point in that? If one, we can't break God, right? He's going to do you whatever he wants to do. can't wear him down. And two, if God already knows we need it, why should we have to ask him for it? Well, so that goes back to that whole thing of that gives God glory. When we say, hey, Lord, would you please provide this? And then he provides it. How do you say, look what I did? Right. I were, look, what, look what happened here. Because you, ju- because you just said, God, would you please provide this? So in a lot of ways, we ask because it gives God credit before sure. he even provides. Also, we want our kids to talk with us about things. God wants his people to talk to them about things. So we're commanded to do it, even though he already knows before we ask. Jesus didn't have to talk to the Father at all because, well, he did because he was in perfect unity and obedience to the Lord. But what I mean is he he and the Father were so united that Jesus was doing the will of the Father, and yet he still talked to him about all that stuff, right? Does it, So, yeah, we believe that God is sovereign. He already knows, but he wants us to talk to him right. and be in communion right. with him, right? So... Um, I don't know. Let me ask you about some landmines. Here's another landmine, okay. right? Yeah. Uh, can you pray? Do you have to pray in your your prayer closet? Ooh. All right. Do you see any examples in sure. the Bible where they're not praying in a prayer closet? Of course. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm pretty sure the scriptures say, "As you go, pray," or "As they're walking, they're praying." And Jesus says, yeah. "Hey, pray like this." Teaches up. <laughs> right. We see. We have written prayers. I think it's a good thing to free yourself from distractions. I might right. throw my cell phone in the closet so I can pray. <laughs> like Right. And some of that is, hey, nobody else knows this yeah. prayer. This is me and God. Or Jesus went up on the mountain. Yeah. Right? A giant mountain prayer closet. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like a lot of times we do, though. We throw, like, legalism in our prayers. Like, either having to pray in a certain location or pray the prayer a certain way. I right. know people that if they mess up their prayer, they stop, go back to the beginning, and start praying it again. Right. Okay. How about, since we're talking about landmines, uh, praying before meals? Do you do that? Most times, do you have to do it? I don't think so. Does it? That, do you have to say in Jesus' Can name? Can you pray amen? after? Right. It's, oh, this, yeah. it's kind of what you're talking about. So, okay. could you pray after? Could you? So, what's interesting is um, we don't have a command, yeah. but it's a really good practice to give thanks for our meals. And we see a principle where Jesus looked to heaven, broke bread, prayed. Right. Okay. Right. But it's not saying if you don't pray for the food, the food is now ragingly unholy, and you right. just you know brought wrath upon yourself or something. You're going to get food poisoning and die because you didn't pray for it first. My kids all went through a season like, don't eat anything we haven't prayed. Ah," You know, (laughs) okay. We have a theology there that might not be quite right. Um, uh, How about, um, oh, 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 uh, prayer language. 
angel yeah. prayer language that yeah. that rolls into some theology. I was raised to taught that you have to pray in you know tongues so that the enemy can't understand what you're praying. Which okadoke, it's an angel language, and we're going to talk about angels and demons. Sure. And the demon was an angel, so he doesn't know that language. <laughs> anyway, I'm not trying to be facetious. I'm just yeah. saying um, there's a lot in scripture. That's a yeah. major landmine. Um, there is some guidance on how you do that in public services. If you do it, what you hold. Uh, where are you at on that? Let's just put well, that. I was going to say prayer that, language. Yeah, prayer language. I I just pray in English. That's what I know how to speak. That's, so that's my prayer language. Um, I believe personally. I the way I understand when I read the Bible that that, that uh, the tongues that were brought on Pentecost is known languages for the advancement of the gospel. I think it's miraculous they can be shared. I think it's miraculous people can interpret it. But I don't think we have to have a unique language in which we pray as if the angels have a more holy language than we do when Jesus was praying in English. Or right. He wasn't praying in English. Jeff, I was, ma- I was right. making a joke no, and you moved in on. A native, native what did Jesus pray? What did he pray? He prayed in his language, right? Sure. Aramaic. Yeah. So when we have people that say, this is another one of those, we yeah. have to pray the Lord's Prayer in this way right. in, what, English? Which Jesus right. didn't do. These are the exact words now. Point being, I think the principle of prayer... Sure. And yeah, there's landmines everywhere, but the principle is we're communing with God. Right. And this is how I'm going to do it. This is the language I know. This is the language I pray. Anyway, there's people listening going, no, what about? Ah, sure. uh, what other landmines in in the theology of prayer are we missing? There's I, pro- I'm sure there's some. I had one and then I forgot. Um, do we, oh, do I have to pray and confess every sin I've ever committed before I can go to heaven? Do I have to pray? Before you go to heaven? Oh, yeah, like, I, oh, like, you know, like kind of like a last rites type thing. Yeah, last like, rites. Uh, I don't see anywhere in Scripture where that happens because Jesus paid for all of our sins. So there's going to be sins we haven't confessed in some way, which brings up like the sinner's prayer. Right. Do you have to pray exactly like this? Do I have to have my eyes closed? <laughs> fold arms, fold hands, raise hands, sit down, kneel. I think we get... I think we get really hung up in the landmines instead of really trying to get hung up and wanting to be with and commune with the Lord. Instead of just praying, we're too busy trying to figure out if we're praying the right way rather than just pray. I don't think there's anything scripturally that tells us get everything exactly right or God can't hear your prayer. For sure. Right. I think that's that's one of those big, those big, big, big landmine pieces. Um, You want to shift gears? I don't know. Should we? Okay. Uh, did we cover all? We probably. I'm trying to think. Did we cover? I'm just thinking. What are all the rest of the landmines in theology of prayer? I haven't really thought about big divided issues. So yeah, let's go ahead and shift gears. Hey, if you're we, listening, email us. Right. Yeah, we can come back to prayer if you think of something. What is our email address? Saltybeliever at gmail dot com. Yeah. All right. They can email us. Like, wait, you missed this. Saltybeliever at gmail dot com. Tell us your thoughts on prayer. And while you type that out, let's talk about angels, demons. Uh, so harmato- no not harmatology angelology demonology sure. those would be yeah. the the and then Satanology? I don't know the stu- well Satan is a demon and sure. Satan was an angel and all the demons were angels so it's kind of funny we break that up into those I'm categories. nervous even talking about it because I know people who say you can't even say the word Satan that's because they've seen like Beetlejuice and they're afraid if they say <laughs> it three times he's going to show up but that's not what the Bible the Bible doesn't say that at all sure. the Bible shows us like Job for example that Satan is is under the sovereignty of God. He will not overpower God. He cannot do anything outside of God's will and God's power. Um, the demons submitted to Jesus at every time. 
they worship they didn't worship him in a reverent way they were reverent of him right so so to say you can't say that let's let's start though let's let's organize this let's start with just angels in general landmines with angels um i don't think people get too wound up about this but let's start with uh angel wings sure. do, oh yeah do angels have wings and I've every heard time little, a bell oh, rings right oh they don't have wings blah 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 well the the seraphim yeah. And the cherubim, you see, like, on top of the ark, there's the wings that are touching, and some have six wings, you know, in Isaiah 6, where they're covering their say, face and covering their, I've, yeah, I've covering seen their those feet memes that show, flying. like, Cupid, and then it shows what an angel looks like based on scripture, <laughs> like, with well, so all these eyes. Here's and... where I think people get crazy. They think that the heavenly created beings are only one being, one kind of being. Okay. But we see descriptions in all kinds of different ways. Uh, sometimes... There's angels among us that look like humans, yeah. and then there's some possible angels, possibly whether it's, there's a lot of debate on this, if it's, you know, Jesus or an angel in with Meshach, Shadrach, and sure. Abednego, or yeah. showing up the angels that went into the, to Sodom and Gomorrah and yeah. showed up with Abraham. They look like people because they were confused as people. Sure. So there's an angel that looks like people. And right. show hospitality because you might... You know, host an yeah, angel yeah. unaware or whatever. Sure. But then obviously there's these other angels that are, like, flying around. Right. Uh, Jesus, uh, when he's resurrected, there's an angel sitting on the stone. And there's two. Yeah. And they're, why are you yeah. looking here for the living among the dead? And they're beaming bright white. And right. so those species of angels have quite a bit of variety. Sure. So some have wings. Seems like some don't. And some look like humans because we become angels when we die, no, right? No, I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. So that's a huge landmark. Do we become angels when no, we die? No, there's nothing in the Bible. Nothing that says we change species in okay. the Bible. Nothing that says... So what happens is you have, we're going to soar as if on right. wings of eagles, Isaiah, sure. right? Which is saying, fly above the heights, freedom. It's not saying we're going to have these wings. We're not drinking Red Bull. You know, suddenly having yeah. poof wings poofing out. We don't become angels. We don't become someone else's. So you're telling me Grandma angel. Jean is not an angel. She's not your guardian angel. Okay. She is still. Oh, do we have guardian angels? Hold on. She is still. Um. She is still your grandma, whoever. Sure. Um. What she was created to be, and one yeah. day she will be reunited with her physical body as it was intended to be in perfection. Right. So she's not going to switch to an angel. Then be okay. reunited to this. We weren't angels in some pre-existence. Okay, okay. None of that. Okay. So she's not an actual angel, but she is up in heaven as my guardian angel, kind of watching over uh, me, keeping tabs so, on me. So God watches over you. She's worshiping the Lord. Oh. Or if she's not in heaven, she's not doing that. Sure. But we tend to think I have this one assigned angel that only takes care of me, right. all that yeah. kind of stuff. And I think that's a really beautiful thought, and that's wonderful. But one, that could be drastically bad because I would say you only have one. When I pray for my kids, and I've been praying since since the I first brought my son home, my oldest, and I pray for all three of my kids, and my, my son's 17, and I still pray for him like this, and most of the time he's good with it. But when I when I say goodnight to them, I, I pray this. I say, you know, I love you. Good night. Yeah. May God bless you. And send a legion of angels to watch over you sure. through the night. Why not ask God for an entire army? An entire Isn't there something brigade? in Scripture that talks about that? Like, well, you see, like, oh, all the angels that came around, yeah. Elijah, and all, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. So I think when we think we just have this one angel or, or this one assigned thing, I think we're right. missing the bigger picture that these are the servants of the Lord doing the Lord's work 
all kinds of things. We might have multiple angels serving and helping us and battling us. Yeah. And that one guardian angel, supposedly, that we're supposed to be guarding, Peter says one day we're going to judge the angels. So mm. we need to get okay. right what the Bible says about angels. Now, okay, and I think it's also helpful. They're not all-powerful. They're not okay. omnipresent. Okay. okay. So they, they can be everywhere. They, they're not, you know... They're not doing. They don't have those attributes of God, which means either do demons or Satan, because they were say, angels. Yeah. Okay. They were fallen angels. So Satan's not everywhere, because a lot of times people will say, "Well, Satan's messing with me today." Yeah, I don't know if Satan has ever messed with me, <laughs> because well, he's he's not omnipresent. There's four billion people on the earth, right? Something like right? that. So if you so have, you're so, the okay. guy. Wait, if you have a guardian angel, then you have to have a guardian demon, not a guard uh, enemy demon. Yeah. Uh, which again, that's not a fun thought, but. That's kind of the screw tape letters thing. Sure. One person's a well, like the cartoon is assigned to this person, and then that yeah. angel's protecting this person. I think, I think that's kind of a flawed view of the Bible. We have fallen angels and sure. multiple angels, a legion of fallen angels as demons. We're messing with the demoniac in the in the grave, and they put all those angels into the pigs. And other times, those demons they were possessing people, which that's a, another area of landmines. Can they possess? A oh, person yeah, can filled demon. by the Spirit. And I'm going to say no. I'm going to say you're protected. You're in yeah. Jesus' hands. Can a demon possess you if you're not a Christian? Uh, I'm going to say maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I think maybe so. Maybe sounds great. I mean, here's the deal. So that has a lot to do with it. I think that's a possibility. However, here's another argument, which I kind of think has some validity. When Jesus went to the cross and stomped on the serpent's head, he obtained a victory that will be finally realized yeah. when he returns. And I think there's a possibility that in that victory, some of those powers have... Are, we just don't see it biblically where people are possessed by demons yeah. anymore in the New Testament. Right. I, don't, I mean, we see when Jesus was here, they're going out and they're casting out demons. I'm trying to think. Maybe Paul does it in Acts. I mean, I've had... Oh, yeah, yeah. No, because, wait. He cast a demon out of the girl that was yeah. following him. Sorry, I had to think. So we still saw some of that going on. Yeah. So maybe that's the case. Anyway, the point is, these are landmines in this theology. Right. And we're not teaching all the theology. Sure. We're just talking about all the controversial stuff. Right. Like, right? there's a, you know, the belief out there that, well, Satan, God is kind of subject to Satan when it comes to the world right now. Satan's in control of the world. And oh, God, like he, oh. God can't do God anything. Put, him, well, know. that's because we see, like, the ruler of this earth. Right. Language. But does that mean that he's more powerful than God? Right. I, I, I was raised to believe that almost, right? Like, you have to pray in order the angels can fight Satan and hopefully God and the angels can defeat him hopefully in that area of your win. life. Right. Hopefully they win. Like, man, don't tell that to Job. Sure. <laughs> right. Sure. You'll be well, you'll be you'll be numbered among his friends that were wrong and got rebuked by God. God has already won. Yeah. Jesus has already won a victory that was already his before he ever came into an earthly ministry. I mean, we give so much credit to Satan yeah. and demons. Yeah. You know, it's funny because uh, one of the easiest things Satan could do is just hands off the wheel and let people follow and chase after their own ungodly right? desires. Yeah. There's a show uh, called Good Omens. I think so. Or, yeah, Bad yeah. Omens? Something like Good that. Omens. Good, Good Omens. Omens. I, think. I think there's another one coming out. It's it's such a weird... People are going to look for it on their <laughs> streaming services. I kind of weirdly liked it, though, because there was yeah. like an archangel uh, and a demon and the end of the world's coming, and there's a scene, and it, it really, really struck me. The demon and the archangel are friends. Yeah. And they're hanging out together and they're sure. talking about the reports they send back to their headquarters offices right it's a silly show <laughs> sure right? 
And and the one, the angel looks at the demon and says, look, you just keep sending reports for stuff you're not even doing. Yeah. You know? And he throws out a whole bunch of, like, horrible things that have happened in the world. And uh, Crowley is the demon. And he's like, look, I've just found the easiest way to do this. Just hands off. They take care of themselves. Yeah. Absolutely, I just, right? He's taking credit for it. I think that's... There's some there's truth some, to yeah. that. I'm not saying to get your theology from a TV show, but you know, I don't think I need date the devil to mess with me. I think left to my own devices, I'm going to make a wreck of my life on my own, right? Without apart from Jesus. And here's what's interesting: I think that God, with the devil on a leash, uses the devil in our sanctification. Sure. Yeah. And someone will go, well, I don't like that. How can that be? No, right. that's. I think you see that. Yeah. I think we see that the devil can be a thorn in our side. And I don't know if right. the devil is the thorn in Paul's side, right? Or whatever. Right. But Job, we just see how often God gets glory and almost humiliating the devil. Yeah. So I think we just need to recognize this in our in our theological understanding. We need to yeah. go to Scripture and recognize how does the devil fit in this? How do demons fit in this? How do angels fit in this? But here's something that's really helpful. They're not in the Bible a whole lot. Right. You know why? Don't. They are the side players. Right. Right, they they are the 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 characters that sort of help the story right. go. Secondary the, players, yeah, secondary players. They, and we don't need to make spin-off shows for sure. them, sure. which that's what I think a lot of these churches are doing when they give yeah. them so much power. Oh, we're going to oh. give the devil his own spin-off show. And I think a lot of times stuff like this is a distraction to keep us from doing the work or from praying, you know, right? Exactly, and, and really focusing our attention on God. So the very first thing when you feel like there's spiritual warfare, what should you do? Pray. Yeah. You know, and it doesn't have to be. Seek I got Lord. this special oil. Yeah that was harvested from a thousand-year-old tree in Israel, and I'm going to do this special anointing thing, and then yeah. we're going to fast exactly in right. this way, and then we're going to go into our special prayer closet that we've removed all of our yeah. shoes in, whatever. I, I love prayer, but I feel like every January 1st, we have to do the special 21 days of prayer and fasting, and right. you know, it just causes me to hate January. Like, wait <laughs> well, a second, wait a second. <laughs> yeah, we should be praying all the time, right? We should be doing 365 days of prayer, <laughs> so. fasting, and 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 the various demonic things or the attack that we're that we're mindful of and, and dealing with should lead us to prayer. Absolutely. I don't even know if we covered all the landmines, but we're out of time. We are pretty much out of time. I think most importantly, as we're wrapping up, I'm reminded of the uh, example in Scripture where all the disciples come to Jesus and go, you won't believe it. We cast out the, all these demons in your name. And Christ responds with, you know, what you really need to rejoice with is that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Which says that's even more amazing. <laughs> so my prayer for our listeners is that their names would be written in the Lamb's Book of Life and we wouldn't get distracted with secondary players. So that's hope this helps. We're just talking through landmines. So if you want to figure out some theology on these, I suggest. Uh, yeah, hey, you know what they got to do? Uh, 20, let's see, Christian Beliefs, 20 Basics Every Christian Should Know yeah. by Wayne Grudem, or get the bigger versions, Christian Doctrine, Systematic Theology, or yeah. go to some of the other yeah. Systematic Theology books out there. Miller Erickson, um, there's tons of them out there. Don't look to our podcast for just your Systematic Theology or a TV show. <laughs> right, go to the Bible. Go to the Bible. Until next time. Thank you for listening. Find more information at saltybeliever.com.